In this episode, we talk about the Overwatch 2 announcement, Borderlands 3, After Party, Death Stranding, some Kevin Conroy retweets, the DCCW, and then review the Blair Witch game and Wonder Woman Bloodlines. All this and more on The Geek Generation. Hey now, and welcome to The Geek Generation. I'm your host, Rob Logan, joined by Booster Greg. Hey, I'm back. He let me back. I can't believe it. And Silence Knight. And he finally cut me a paycheck. I'm back. You, you say that. <laughs> <laughs> but I've made no such guarantee. <laughs> I just, I'm just You're going to have guests like demanding a paycheck now. <laughs> no, yeah, right? You're setting a standard that I can't possibly live up to. <laughs> it's like, wait, he's getting paid? <laughs> so we have a lot to talk about this week, as we always do. Uh, before we get into our geekouts and freakouts, we have a lot of stuff to talk about with Overwatch 2, because the big announcement was made that there is a sequel, quote-unquote, on the Question way. mark? Yeah, and there's a lot of confusion around it. There's a lot of just what even is this thing? So I know that we all play Overwatch, which was one of the mm-hmm. reasons that I wanted to have the two of you on for this particular episode. And it seems like Overwatch 2 is more of an expansion than a sequel. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a fair way to say it. Yeah. That being said, I completely get why they're calling it a sequel. If From like a technical perspective, at least in my mind, it makes sense. Because of the new build? Because of the new build, exactly. So the way I looked at it, when I first heard this, I was a little confused. But if you think about this, and I work in the software development world, if mm-hmm. I went to my boss right now and I said, I really want to go back and I want to rework the entire engine of our software, my boss would look at me and he might think it's a good idea, but his boss would look at me and say, well, how is that going to make me money, right? Like if in software mm-hmm. world, you got to continually make money. And I don't have an answer for that, right? That's a quality of life improvement. That's a big I mean, to rework an engine is a lot of time, right? It's not a small investment. It's not a bug fix. And so to justify that to my boss, I might have to say, well, what if we put that in as a new title and we reworked it and we made these changes because a new title is more money. And that's what speaks to the higher ups. You know, that's it's the business world. So I could see them wanting to make all players get a quality of life change, but, you know, be able to sell it upstairs, essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because when they announced the sequel, my first thought was, Overwatch League is still kind of in its infancy as far as like esports go. And you can't really upset that while you're still building it. So it's not like you can cut out the classic game. That's true. And then so many people have invested so much time and money in the first one, especially with the Switch version just released like what a month ago. If that's that. true, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. So like they're just like, hey, play it now on Switch. By the way. <laughs> we do have a new one coming out, not for Switch, but it is coming. It, it just feels kind of like, like I don't know, punching themselves. Yeah, but think about it. If if you wanted, and and I think he did a good job. I don't know if you watched the What's Next that was after the announcement, which I know not as many people saw, but he did kind of go into that. And he's like, imagine you wanted to make a new game doing all this, but you didn't want to fracture the community. How would you do it? Mm-hmm. He's like, and this is what we came up with. This yeah. is the best way we could we could do it. We could sell it to keep everybody together, to keep all your stuff. Because think about it, like in the money world now, day of games, like nobody wants to let you keep your things. And I think it's a really cool idea that they're doing that because 
I think I think they had a vision of for what they wanted to do, you know, with Overwatch League going on and and the state of the game being sort of at that weird three year mark. Should we continue? Should we not? And I I kind of am okay with the decision. I like I like what they did, and I like that I'm okay with them calling it a sequel. Yeah. So to kind of clarify for people that aren't a hundred percent familiar on what's happening with Overwatch Two and what's changing and what's exclusive to Overwatch 2 that's not to 1, and how 1 will be affected. Like like we said, it's a little confusing. There's a lot going on. So your accomplishments and loot collections from Overwatch 1 will carry into Overwatch 2. That's super cool. Yes. There is a new mode being added. It's the first new mode in a while, because I don't even remember what the last one was. I feel like it was the story mode mission yes. in so Overwatch. The way they announced it, it- was that this is the first main game mode change since the game. So they've added side modes, they've added... But this is a core competitive, because this will be played across everything, right? This will be in Mystery Heroes, this will be in Comp, this will be in Quick Play. And so it's. I think they said this is the first core one they've added since the game started. I think you're right, yeah. And this one's called Push. Push is a new symmetrical match type in which teams battle to take control of a robot that begins in a central location then push it toward the enemy base. Either team can take control of the robot at any time, and the team that pushes the robot furthest onto the enemy side wins. It feels almost like reverse... Tug-of-war. Tug-of-war, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Although, in my brain when they first talked about it, I thought each team would have a robot, so I'm I'm a little Uh, confused. I haven't seen any gameplay of it or anything, so I'm not 100% familiar. Oh, you didn't watch the gameplay trailer of it? No, I haven't. No. Oh, okay. Do you want to know? (laughs) Please. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So what it looks like to me is you start to push, say one team pushes one way, it'll begin to push in the direction towards their home base. And then say it switches direction, say you win the fight and it switches direction. Mm -hmm. The robot will turn around and go to your thing to push. Now, the further he has to go, the faster he walks and he'll he'll speed up to the push on the other side. So he has to switch and you have to move him back to your payload every time. So there is a there is an in-between time where he's not pushing. But what okay. they explained was is that the further the two pylons are apart that have been pushed, the faster the robot will accelerate to get back to the pylon he needs to push. Interesting. So he'll be switching between pylons, and there is kind of a middle ground. And I could see that kind of being fun, like a fight where he's not even on the push, and you're sort of kind of got him in a weird middle state. Yeah. But I think he's it's just going to alternate where he's pushing at. It's not two separate robots, and it's okay. not one payload. It's just two separate pylons that he has to alternate between. I guess I'm a little confused too on how a team would either like lose control or gain control of the robot. Like you mentioned, they'd have to win a battle and I'm like, well, what battle? Like, is there like a middle ground where you have to like have a death match or something or there? I think there's going to be an area around the robot, similar to like a control point capture. So if both people are on the robot, nothing moves, right? It stops. Uh, moving. Okay. And the moment you have full capture, he goes into push mode, just like a control point would be. Okay, all right. So it's like a weird combination of control and payload missions. That's what it looks like. I think TF2, Do you guys? did you guys play that? Team Fortress 2? I haven't, no. Okay, I believe, and it's been so long since I played that game, and I was by no means an expert, but I believe they had something similar where you sort of pushed the payload, I think, except I think it was just one static thing that you okay. pushed back and forth. Yeah, interesting. Versus like two separate pylons that were are being pushed, but... 
It's a similar huh. concept to that. I mainly was just scouting that game. I just baseball batted people in the head and <laughs> ran away very quickly. <laughs> I was just a troll in that game. Not surprising to you two, I'm sure, but I played Sniper in that. So that's... Oh, ooh, shocker, yeah. Yeah, shocker. <laughs> as a Widow main. So in addition to Push, uh, Overwatch 2 will get new locations and heroes. We've already gotten some teases of those heroes, some in the cinematics. Jeff Kaplan admits that recent seasonal events were underwhelming due to the focus on developing Overwatch 2. Makes sense. It's good that we finally have an explanation. I understand why they couldn't be more transparent at the time, but if they were like, there's something we can't say yet, don't worry. We understand that this is not as great as our past seasonal events. There's a reason for it. Just be patient. Guys, we're working on something. It's called Overwatch Eternal. No, wait, Immortal. <laughs> you guys have phones, right? You guys got phones. You'll love it. It's fine. It's did, you hear, did you hear the announcement where someone said, what about phones or something like that to Jeff? And he said, don't say that. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, it was so great. It made me laugh. Uh, when Overwatch 2 goes live, Overwatch 1 will also receive all of its graphical improvements. And they kind of have to because like, they don't want to split the player base and they're, they want to keep it all together, which is nice. Yeah. Kaplan also said, quote, there will be a point where the clients merge. We think this is important, especially as a competitive experience. The whole idea is to avoid fragmenting the player base and giving anybody a competitive advantage. If we're playing in the same competitive pool, you'd better not have a better frame rate just because you're on a different version of the engine. So for people that already own Overwatch 1, even if you don't want to get two, your game will improve with having already purchased one. Exactly. That's amazing. That's really nice. It's not entirely surprising from Blizzard, though who's like still putting out content for Diablo 3 up until Diablo 4 announcement, who is still putting out consistent free content for Overwatch, even though that game came out. How long did that? I don't even remember when that came out. It was a while ago. Like, I want to say four packs ago I played it. Four, first. four or five. Or four or least, five, yeah. I want to say. So it's setting a good precedent. I think um, if I had to guess, similar to what I was saying earlier, somewhere they were thinking, we're not quite making enough money anymore on loot boxes. You know, people are starting to max out on skins. <laughs> and we're, I mean, it's true, right? You have to pay yeah, for development it's, it's somehow. True. So I think somewhere they said, look, we're not making enough money, but Overwatch is not ready to die. How can we make more money to pay for this development to also make money, right? It's development plus mm-hmm. income. Yeah. How can we make more money, but at the same time not abandon Overwatch and split the community, maybe make a bad PR move by suddenly splitting the community to Overwatch 2? How can we do this? And I think this is the best they came up with, and I'm not mad about it. I think it's a good decision. That means everybody in Overwatch 1 has to pay nothing if they Mm -hmm, want to keep playing the game they love. And I think that's a fantastic move. And I hope it sets a, a precedent for other games and they consider similar models where it's like, hey, you don't have to completely abandon all this progress you put. True. And I feel like I'm someone who's gotten enough play out of the game to where even if they did just announce it as an expansion, like an optional expansion, I'd be like, I've gotten my money's worth and then some from playing Overwatch. So, yeah, yeah. I'm in. I'll pay for something else. Why not? Yeah, I'm always I'm of the state of mind where if I'm enjoying something enough, I'll give it just more money, but not like loot boxy. Like I want like something substantial, sure. like something obviously being greedy. I'm just like, well, in my opinion, loot boxes is. I'm just like, yeah, I don't know, guys. But if it's like, oh, here, pay, give us 30, 40 bucks and then you get all this extra stuff. I'm like, yes, yes, I'll give it to you. I don't care if you already have billions of dollars, Blizzard. I will give you a little bit more. Yeah. Because in the end, it's like, that's the one thing I think people sometimes get a little hung up on is that people are still monetizing games and they keep trying to find ways to make you pay money. Yeah. But 
in the development world, that's what you have to do. If you want your favorite games to stay around, they got to keep making money. So yep. it's really important that you do support them as long as you don't find it a inappropriate or scummy, so to speak, procedure that they're going through when they do this. But uh, I think it's important that you support them because that pays the bills so they can continue development on a game that you like. Yeah, as long as you have, especially when you have something that's pretty much purely multiplayer and it relies yeah. on that that constant connectivity and other people playing and things like that, then yeah, it needs money to keep the engine alive. But in that same idea, uh, what is exclusive to Overwatch 2 then is no longer necessarily all multiplayer content. Yes. It is now PvE content, so stuff like four-player co-op story missions where you can level up and customize your hero's abilities and battle against Null Sector. I love it. I absolutely love it. That's my biggest criticism of Overwatch is like, I love Overwatch and I like PvP games, but man, do I get so angry at them consistently. And it's just not good for my physical and mental health to play them for too long at a time. So the fact that I can still like immerse myself in the Overwatch world and get more lore and like get to play as the characters I like mm-hmm. and not have that frustration is just A plus for me. I am curious on the money note how much content will be added and then how much will we see eventually. Here's DLC mm. and I'm expecting it, but I'm mm-hmm. curious at how much we'll get for the initial Overwatch 2, how long they'll go before the next price tag comes to say, hey, you know, similar to like Destiny does now where they're on a model where they're constantly releasing DLCs. Mm-hmm. So how, how much content will we get? And I think that'll be a question that remains to be seen. We'll, we'll have to, you know, time will tell. If it's a working model for Destiny, I can totally see Overwatch adopting that model and kind of go on the same route. It's, it's one of those things for me where the first Overwatch trailer came out. I fell in love with the world, mm-hmm. not the, the gameplay, because that's all we had. It was like a Pixar quality intro of this superhero museum. And I was like, oh, I want to like, this is what I want. Like, this is amazing. And then it was all PvP. And, and I was just like, when I first heard that, I was like, oh, this is I was kind of bummed. Yeah, I wasn't going to get more of that other than like reading posters on a wall in the mm-hmm. middle of the map, which I promise you I am not doing. I am trying to survive and trying not to break something. Lies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm examining every poster in every room looking for it all. And that's why I loved so much when they started doing all those PVE uh, arcade mm-hmm. modes. Like I ate those up. I played those more than I probably should have because I was wow. just having so much fun. See, it's interesting for me because I am not a big PvP gamer in general, but I mm. love that aspect of Overwatch and it keeps the game eternally fresh for me. Whereas I'm worried with the PvE content that it's going to get stale overly quickly. Mm. If they do it well, I don't think it will. So, like, one of the things that the only thing that Battleborn had over Overwatch was their pve content and their stories and they were very like interesting and it it kept me going for longer in that game than it probably would have if they didn't have that and i think as long as they keep true to the characters keep true to the worlds they've built because the the trailers when they come out they're amazing and everyone loves them Mm -hmm. like at least you know me and my my friends are all just like well give us more of that please and then it's just like well well you know echo is just like a character in the background Mm -hmm. or whatever and um, i want to see more about the struggle and afterwards i want to see i want to just play as mccree all day that's all i want to do but like have it be like pve i want to have all those like in um junkenstein's revenge i get all those guys lined up all those little robots and i unleash my ulti there's nothing more satisfying for me than that i want that but have it to actually like help a team instead Mm -hmm. of just holding down a point so as long as i get some of that i'll be okay 
that'd be kind of fun. I was just thinking, would it, would would they do something along? You were talking about McCree. Would it be able to have something like you play McCree's like timeline or his branch if they're yeah. you know because. I think they mentioned that you funny you said McCree because they kind of hinted at something going on with McCree because they said you didn't see McCree here, but something tells me he's going to show up, which is kind of sounds like, okay, so they're doing something with him. Mm. He's doing a side story. And so I'm wondering, Mm. will they have these fleshed out things where it's like, can I play, you know, the McCree timeline of of what's going on? Can I play the, you know, the main four or whoever is doing going through, you know, I'm wondering if they have like separate pieces. But yeah, I think if they do the, uh, I think if they do the multiplayer stuff well and make it replayable, and Jeff tried to say that multiple times. I mean, he really said highly replayable content, and I don't think he would say that unless he really meant it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think he would have hinted that it's very replayable. There must be a way they're trying to keep it fresh. Um, so we'll mm. see. Well, I look forward to it either way because yes, it's it's one of the games I play probably daily at this point. It's the it's one of the few things I have time to go to and be like, oh, I can just do a match <laughs> or two and then work all my other stuff around it. But yeah, it's it's kind of my go to game these days. It's in my top five of all time. I looked up my hours. I have uh, over a thousand in it, and it's one of my top five of all wow. time. So I played a That's lot great. of Overwatch, and I'm gonna play a lot more. So I'm really excited to see you know where the PVE side goes. It did actually, it's funny we mentioned Destiny because it, it felt a little Destiny-ish with the, the bosses and stuff. If you watched any of the gameplay, it mm. sounds like, Rob, you didn't. I did see some, and like I saw like only a small clip of the, the push part, but I, I don't know if maybe I missed a longer thing. Okay, well, it just it showed some, some of the, uh, the action in the PvE missions. Actually, I watched some streamers play it that they let play at mm. um, BlizzCon. And it looked, it almost felt a little Destiny-ish with the way it was hmm. set up in the mission. So I thought that was pretty cool. I actually do enjoy Destiny as well. So I'm interested to see how fun and interesting they can keep the missions. I think that'll be something that um, to look forward to. Hopefully they, they polish it well. And oh, with their yeah. track record, I think they can do it. I know that he also mentioned that each mission will have a beginning cinematic and an ending cinematic. And I think mm. that's... That's, That's going nice. to be awesome if they can start working those cinematics we love into the game itself. Give me more lore. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right. Moving on from Overwatch into our geek outs. Yay. Greg, what are you yes. geeking out over? So more recently, I've been geeking out over Borderlands 3, mm-hmm. my first topic. I Let me tell you, I love the Borderlands franchise. I love one and two. I couldn't get through pre-sequel, but that's the one we never talk about. So it's fine. And I love Tales from the Borderlands as well. Mm. So when at PAX East, when Randy announced that there will be a Borderlands 3, I was so excited. Fun fact, that was the one day I was not at that PAX East. The one day I was like, nothing ever happens on a Thursday. Who goes on Thursdays? Well, Gearbox goes on Thursdays and they make huge (laughs) announcements on Thursdays. Note to self. Anyways, I, I had been playing that as pretty much my new weekend game. Mm. So whenever I wake up and I have my cup of coffee, I just would jump into the Borderlands and have a good old time. It fixes everything that I really disliked about Borderlands 2, where all the guns kind of felt the same, even though they had different effects. Okay, The characters are so varied and their abilities are so crazy that uh, I tried them all out, but I ended up sticking with Flack, mostly because he has a, a pet skag. And that should be no surprise to anyone that that's going to be the character that I gravitate towards and keep the skag at all times with me. And I never deviated into any other pet branch, (laughs) unfortunately. I was just so like in love with it. The shooting feels so much better, so much tighter. The guns feel so much more varied to the point where I now have a 
preference. Whereas in the other Borderlands games, I was just like, yeah, this is fine. Throw it away. Yeah, this is fine. Throw it away. Hmm. And just trying to get the more powerful loot versus what I think feels better to me. The story is great. They don't hold anything back. The voice acting was amazing, except for the one role they recasted where Troy Baker did not come back. That oh, was right, lackluster. Right. That was a big disappointment. But overall, for me, games 2019, this is my game of the year. Like I was just wow. having such a blast. And I wasn't mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting it. I went in being cautious because I knew like my hype would just take over and I would end up hating it. And I've not been disappointed. I put in, I think 10 days in terms of gameplay of that which okay. for me and now is near unheard of i don't have 10 days to be playing games so like this is just crazy how much i put into it so that's been like number one if you buy any shooting game this year and you like the other borderlands get this for sure 100 percent. and graphically too oh man i didn't talk about graphically graphically it's amazing <laughs> It's so good. They like they had they used a new engine. They redid it from the ground up. I remember Randy teased it a couple of years back, mm-hmm. and it just it just really shines. And they have um, uh, that's gonna be a little spoiler, but I don't care. It's been off for too long, anyways. A uh, Penn and Teller are in it randomly. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. They um, as and I wasn't expecting it as the well. So as their Borderlands equivalent, that's so great. Penn and Teller as the characters Pain and Terror. <laughs> so i was i was streaming it and um there's well, one guy who uh, i always play borderlands with or he, he always watches me and uh he's like oh wait until you find out who pain and terror are and i was like pain and terror who could that possibly be he goes he goes it'll be obvious when you see it and i'm thinking in the borderlands world who could this be could it be like a new zero could it be zero could it be this could it be that could it be this and i heard pain or i heard um terror talk mm-hmm. and i was like i know exactly who these guys are I know exactly what's going on. And then it clicked to me because I remember Gearbox put out a VR game or I think it was with or for Penn and Teller. Okay. So finally I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes 110% sense. Just the the care and the love and the little things like that that they pepper in there is amazing. I haven't done the Halloween event yet, which I should really do because it's ending real soon. But it's just like, it's just, I can't, I can't even vo- like vocalize how much I love this game. So that's my first point. Okay. It sounds yeah. to me like you just vocalized how much you love this game. I, well, yeah, like, I was going to say, I couldn't tell if you liked it or not. There, I know. But, uh... <laughs> I mean, with like slight stutters and murmurs and all that, but like, I just get so <laughs> excited when I'm talking about it that my brain just goes faster than I can possibly keep up with. So there's that. Cool. Yeah. Next point. It hasn't happened yet, but I am so hyped for the Crisis Arrowverse event. Now, there have been uh, news, rumors, all that good stuff kind of going on about it. What they've confirmed, I'm in love with. For those of you who who don't know anything about this or don't know the Arrowverse, the Arrowverse has been going on since nine years ago, 10 years ago, something like that. With Close to that. Something like that. The the CW's Arrow and has since spawned The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow. Supergirl got incorporated into it, even though it wasn't originally supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Constantine has been folded into that. Mm-hmm. And they've had cartoons like Vixen had her own cartoon for a bit. It just goes on and on and on and on and on. I more recently Batwoman. Mm-hmm. I've watched all of them somehow, some way. And now, well, I will say this is going to be like the big event. They always do like a yearly big crossover mm-hmm. where most, if not all of the shows kind of coincide and it's kind of fun and it gives you a reason to watch all of them and you move on. This is going to be the largest one. This one is not going to be just contained to the Arrowverse stuff either, right. which is what I'm really excited about. 
So I don't remember if I think I feel like you talked about it on a we talked about show. pretty much all of the announced cameos. Yeah. So that's all amazing. Right. They've since shown pictures of Brandon Routh in his Kingdom Come mm-hmm. Superman outfit, which is amazing. It looks and great. it's kind of funny that every single critique you had on the Superman Returns costume has been changed in the Superman <laughs> Kingdom Come mm-hmm. outfit. Like the logo or the, the symbol was too small. The colors were too dulled. They just made it super bright, giant logo the way it should be. Yep. Amazing. They've set out a lot of pictures of Tom Welling next to the current Superman. I can't remember his name right now. Tyler Hecklin. Tyler Hecky, thank you. And um, also Brandon Routh. And man, does Arrowverse Superman look tiny. <laughs> he's a little man. Comparatively, not, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think he's even smaller than Dean Kane, And he's he's not the, the tallest Superman to have been I've there. I've been next to him. He's not like a huge, huge guy. He's, yeah. 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 It's just interesting that, that sometimes they go with that. Sometimes it works and, you know, sometimes it doesn't. And I won't say when I think it works and when I think it doesn't, although I'm pretty sure I just did. But it's just like what I've wanted from a big event is happening in the Arrowverse. Mm -hmm. And while the Arrowverse is not great television, it's earned television, which I appreciate. True. Yeah, they've had, like Marvel, built up to Endgame in all those years. Exactly. Uh, you, I know you call them the Hourverse. I still like to call them the DCCW. because. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, like that's what I call yeah. it Like when I'm not in front of a microphone. public and microphone and all that. <laughs> but yeah, it's the, it's the DCCW Arrowverse. And Arrow is ending mm-hmm. as well with this season. I think this is going to be a shorter season, they said. Yes. So that's keeping me super interested. I actually, I was a couple seasons behind on almost everything and I caught up over the past three months. Mm. Well, the other interesting thing with what they're doing is usually the crossover event. They tease it in the episodes leading up, like the one yeah. episode leading up to it. And they're like, oh, the crossover is coming next episode. Yeah. The Arrow and Flash seasons are about the crisis. It's so good. Like the monitor is a presence throughout both of those shows leading up to it for the entire season. It's amazing. Like the the best thing like that I can even say is the season finale for Arrow's last season Mm -hmm. left my jaw on the ground. Mm. And that has not happened since season one of Arrow where they had to like blow up half of the damn city. Right. Just to get that reaction out of me. It was like. The whole spoiler for those of you who haven't seen it, but if you haven't yet, sorry, it's it's been we're ha- uh, what halfway a quarter of the way in the new season. Um, but anyways, <laughs> Greg so loves like, spoilers. <laughs> I love spoilers. I love saying spoilers. I love doing it. Oliver has finished being Green Arrow. He's done. He's got a wife. He's got a kid on the way. Life is good. All of a sudden, the Monitor, aka I'm calling him the Devil, even though really the Anti Monitor is the Devil, but whatever semantics. The devil comes knocking on his door and goes, hey, remember that one time I helped you out and we made a deal? Guess what? We're going. Time to pay. So it's just like such a gut-wrenching like, but he was done. He was out. He had his happy ending. And then he he got sucked back in. Yeah. Yeah. And then Felicity gets sucked in like years or uh, decades later. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a whole weird thing. I know they're they're backdoor piloting another show. They 100% are. It's not great. I don't, I'm not into it. I'm not into it. I almost want to fast forward through it, Mm -hmm. but then I don't, but I do, but I should, but I shouldn't. I can't wait for this. This is coming up on December 8th, I think. Oh, wow. Is is it that soon? It's real. Or December 10th. I'm sorry. It's it's damn soon. I got to catch up on Legends. You got to catch up, my friend. Also, Legends is just the best written of all of them. They just have the most fun on there. And it always gets bad, and then it gets great at the end. Always. 
If you say so. It does. I swear. <laughs> what else you got? Uh, the last thing I'll do, and I won't do spoilers for this because it's brand new. Thank you. Because I watched it's the, it. Yet. Yeah. This this one. So with Legends, I love it, but I can see why people wouldn't like it, wouldn't watch it. With the Watchmen HBO show, it's so good. It's one of those shows I went in expecting absolute garbage because who really wants a sequel to the Watchmen comic? It's like, it's so well contained. It's, it's so perfect. And it's just, you're done and that's it. You're done. Mm-hmm. And where Watchmen, the HBO show pick up is way into the future. It's present day. So if the Watchmen comic ended in the eighties, we're now in 2019 oh, wow. and life is a lot different. Hmm. There's a lot of social commentary, which I find very interesting. I'm not really a social commentary kind of guy, but when they do put it in and something comic book related, they do it usually pretty smart. And the Watchmen HBO show is no exception. Uh, there are small details. There are, I'm trying to say this now without spoiling. There are small details that hint to the comic, but ultimately this could exist without it being a tie to the comic, at okay. least as of right now. Hmm. But when they do tie into the comic, it's little background details, little world building stuff. It's it's just well acted, well shot, well produced, well scored. Well, I think it's well scored because it's Trent Reznor and Atticus oh, Ross doing, right. doing yeah. the soundtrack. Wow. I forgot about that. Yeah. Which I'm like a super big fan of Trent Reznor, not just like as Nine Inch Nails, but like his. I don't want to call it orchestral work, but like. Just his film and television work. Yeah, like Social Network soundtrack is one of my like top soundtracks. And I like like to listen to it when I'm at work because it, it just puts my brain in like a thinking mode. So it's just amazing. I went in, like I said, watching, expecting to turn it off within 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I watched all three episodes that were available. And then probably tomorrow night, I'll watch the fourth that just came out. I'm looking forward to it. I've heard nothing but good things. It's it's really, 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 really good. And um, I'll say look out for Tim Blake Nelson's character, because for me, he's the all-star hmm. right now, right now, because he dies. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> now he's just, just trolling us. <laughs> bad joke. Bad joke. That's all. That's all my, my geek out. All right. SK. Oh, how do I follow that act? Well, so um, <laughs> probably really well, I would assume <laughs> just with no spoilers. <laughs> no, I'll try, I'll try really hard. I'll do extra, extra uh, attempts at no spoilers here. But no, I'm uh, for my for my first geek out. I am uh, really excited because the developers of one of my favorite games I have played in general, but also on stream as a as a streamer on Twitch, uh, they finally made a second game. So Night School Studio, who created Oxenfree, which is the mm. game I'm referring to, which yep. is a fantastic game, uh, finally released uh, After Party, which is not a sequel. It's just it's just another game in a similar vein. Mm-hmm. It's a lot like Oxenfree, where it has sort. It feels like sort of like uh, if like graphic novels and animated films and video games all had a baby, that would be the type of game that they make. This is just their second game, and they knocked it out of the park with their first one, at least in my opinion. But basically, it involves walking around and talking uh, to people and just like Oxenfree, sort of it's about the narrative that they tell. Mm. Um, and I think it's a fantastic narrative so far. It, I've played a little bit of it. I haven't finished it, so I can't really give spoilers. But uh, so far, it's very similar. It's Oxenfree had sort of like this um, good narrative with, with interesting dialogue and character relationships. And it's very similar to that, except they do a really good job in After Party of like... So first of all, just as a basic, you're in hell 
Mm-hmm. And your job is to outdrink the devil. I don't think that's a spoiler. That's literally what they say no, the title that's is. The premise, your yeah. job is to outdrink the devil. <laughs> <laughs> spoiler: the devil dies. No, I have no idea. <laughs> what? But, uh, but they do a really good job of these little details, like uh, subverting your expectations of hell. Like you sort of have this concept of like what hell is, mm-hmm. and uh, the way they treat it is almost like hell is just like this boring place where you do what you got to do and it's you get through the day it's almost like another realm of reality that's just like Mm. ours and it's just as boring and monotonous as ours you know with your flesh being peeled off of you Uh, but other than that it's a it's a boring place and so far it's been really fun and i'm just like completely stoked to be playing another immersive narrative game like that and I got to say, so far, I haven't finished it, but it, it feels like they're knocking out of the park again. It's gone a little different direction. There's a lot more sass and there's a lot more like interesting references. But I think that that ties more into um, the hell narrative. I think it makes sense. Sort okay. of with yeah. the, There's a lot more room to be funny and make some jokes about our expectations of the afterlife. And I think it's I think it does a really good job of that. Nice. So, yeah, I got, I got to play that a little bit, too. Oh, did you? I, how, yeah, you I, I streamed it for a little bit. It was, it was a lot of fun. I like the the drinking mechanic where different alcohol gives you different dialogue options. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that's really cool. Which was always kind of like, for me, like, what drink do I choose? Do I want to be sassy drunk, Greg? Do I want to be brave drunk, Greg? Like, what do I want to do? And I've never been disappointed. Like, I've, I've never had a drink and been like, man, I wish I had another drink right now. Like, it's just always felt very natural, whereas a lot of other, for me, dialogue option-based games are like, damn it, I should have just said nothing, and everything would have been fine. Where this one never has that effect on me, I feel. Yeah. At least I, so far. I haven't beaten it yet, either. Yeah, I, f- I felt like they do a good job of that. I don't typically uh, like to go towards option-based games like that, because a lot of times I find that... I don't know if this is a frustration for you guys, but sometimes in option-based games, especially narrative-based ones or more on the indie side, they will try to give you options. And then when you choose one, it's not even the option you thought you were choosing. But I think they do a good job of, you know, what option you select is is where you're leading the conversation, at least in my experience. But That's nice, I have yeah. had that issue in the past where I'm like, I selected this and that is not what I meant at all. Yeah. Um, yeah the way 100%. they've worded out the dialogue. Yeah, yeah, your choice. And then they end up, you think they're just going to literally read your choice and then they right. just say something completely different. You're like, wait, no, that, yeah. that, I wouldn't have chosen that if I knew that was where, where yeah, we were going. Like the choice is like, well, fine. And it's like, well, fine. Okay. And, and then he actually says, like, well, fine. You can go fuck yourself. Yeah. And yeah. It's like, no, I didn't mean that. <laughs> the choice is like, I like little old ladies. And it sounds so positive. You're like, I like little old ladies. <laughs> you're like, no, stop. Grandma, I'm sorry. Look away. Exactly. Oh, cool. What else you got? Uh, well, uh, for, for my second thing, I, I don't know if you guys know this. I am now a FedEx delivery driver. I did know I this. I deliver packages. Yeah. What? Did you know this about me? You know I took really? this job one? <laughs> it's, it's who I am I, now. I hope you get to go to t- interesting terrains. I actually do. I get to traverse all these interesting terrains. Sometimes the people give me trouble, but you know what? We get there and we deliver our packages. Do you have like a passenger with you, like younger? I do. I have a protege who follows me everywhere. And I, you know, I teach him the ropes of package delivery. Oh, wow. (laughs) Okay. We got to put the sarcasm down. I'm really excited that uh death stranding is finally out i i've been playing a little bit of it that's that's my geek out it's it's everything i have wanted and i know that's probably a controversial thing to say because right now it's it seems like it's that type of game where either you love it or you're like i this is so boring i hate it Mm -hmm. for me 
I love it. This is right up my alley. I am a person who loves, loves weird games. I like walking simulators when they tell a great story. I like cinematics that blow me away with their aesthetics and their sound design and the music choices, which all these things are done. And so this game is like the the Cadillac of walking simulators, at least in my opinion, with the some of the gameplay mechanics. Like mm-hmm. they feel very polished and I'm I'm absolutely loving it. And I can I can totally see why other people would say I hate this to death. Like, uh, I don't know. So, there's this guy uh, who makes fun of Kojima games all the time. Yes. Because <laughs> they're so convoluted and they have more cutscenes than gameplay usually. Although I can see Death Stranding not being in that same way, although the beginning was very much cutscene heavy. It seemed like that and it was especially cutscene heavy in the intro, but I also like that the intro was sort of like the prologue of the story and it mm. was very cutscene heavy, but you kind of expect it. It's like, here, let me set the world up for you before you go off on your way. Yeah. So there was, I would say there was a high majority of cutscenes at the beginning, but that's okay. So for me, it felt like what this game feels like is it feels like I am a passenger on a unique, convoluted, but interesting story being told. And I get to be a part of it and play a part of it. Almost like, if you could play your favorite movie, like if you could be a character in your favorite movie, you wouldn't always be in the action scenes. There'd be the things that you were doing to get to the next scene. There'd be the thing, there'd be the mechanics that you'd have to partake in that you don't really, you know, you don't really participate in because you're the viewer. But as the gamer, you're like, well, I got to go over to this place now. I can't, you know, what am I going to do? Just suddenly be there. Mm. So I do like that. It's an immersive open world narrative story that's going on. And I can sort of get like, involved in it and let it suck me in but yeah i can see how unnamed people in this group right now would not like it i'm enjoying watching you play it but i know that i would be really frustrated playing it myself just because of inventory management i hate and just the the frustration that i would have with trying to walk upright when i have so many things like piled on me for like a goal that i probably don't even understand and I'm pretty confident that by the time the story ends, I will not know what (laughs) any of it meant. That's see for you where that might be a weakness. To me, that's a strength because I'm sitting here uh, a couple chapters into the story thinking, I still don't know what the ending's going to be. I can, I'm like wildly speculating all these things and I'm going, this is great. I've never had a story do this to me. Usually I can guess a game like pretty early on. I'm like, oh, you're going to do this. There might be a little twist, but. This is how it's going to go. I, I got like a couple hours in. And I'm going, I have no idea what I'm playing. Where am I going with this? And that that excites me. Yeah. And that's that's fun. It's fun to guess and speculate. But I feel like even when it's all over, the guessing and speculating doesn't end because there really is nothing to pull out of it. <laughs> there was no meaning after all. That's that's my fear with Kojima stories in general. Like, I just I don't get anything out of his writing. I see. And that's fair. And I can understand that. So that's I actually am enjoying streaming it and playing it for people like you who probably would not want to pay money yeah. right, to, to get this game. But you know what? You can be a part of the experience and be like, cool, I'm watching someone play a movie. That's fine. It's interesting. It's unique. Yeah. I'm- and I have fun goofing along with you. And that's that's all I need. Exactly. I, I, one thing I really like is the detail to the mechanics. And I don't I don't even want to spoil some of the mechanics because I feel like they're great to sort of experience mm-hmm. for yourself the first time and go, oh, look how they work that mechanic into the game. That's so monotonous in other games. I feel like they spend a lot of time 
polishing certain mechanics in the game where you go, wow, this is this is really polished and there's a lot of detail to this very simple thing. And that might annoy some people, but I kind of find it fascinating. Mm-hmm. I, li- I like it because, you know, you get used to certain things in games and certain behaviors, mechanics, and eventually you're like, I've seen this before. It's just so it's interesting to have something that feels fresh, I guess. Mm-hmm. Cool. And your third. Oh, that's right. I do have a third. This one, uh, it's going to be noticeably shorter, but I am geeking out about the fact that Team Rocket has been added to Pokemon Go in probably the full force now. So uh, a little while back, I, I wish I could remember the exact date, but I would say like a month or two back, they added uh, this concept of Team Rockets. Are you guys playing the game, by the way? I'm not. I haven't for a couple of years. Every once in a while. I, I, I used to play it way more. When I worked in a mall and there was a Pokestop that I can get from my break room, I played it a lot more. But now that I don't work there anymore, I'm just I'm more casual at it. But I I, okay. I, will, I will say this. I catch Pokemon every day. That's that's my goal. I open it up and I try to see what's new. And that's that. Yeah. So I play it every day. And I think it's a game that very much is powered by the community and finding people to play it with. For instance, I uh, this is a silly story, but I was walking around with a guy at work and he was the only person I knew who was playing it still. And I was doing it just for the walking. And this this lady comes out of the office complex near mine and she stops me and she's like are you playing pokemon go because i was like like and i was like yeah yes i did (laughs) and she goes join our group we have a group for the surrounding communities so uh we have a community of all the office buildings that's in our complex there's like a big loop and there's like probably 10 of us and we play pokemon go every day and we do the raids that are around and we do all the stuff so Back to the main point is that a month or two, I'm not sure exact date, but they released Team Rocket Stops, which was at the Pokestops, Team Rocket members could invade and you'd have to fight them and you'd get a chance to catch something that's called a shadow Pokemon, which is just a shadow version of that Pokemon. It's got like some smoke on it or eyes and then you could purify it and make a purified Pokemon. That's a mechanic from the, the main series. So that's been going on. That was okay. It was interesting, but... Uh, I believe last week they added Team Rocket, what I would call bosses or leaders. And these, it's a more complex system where you have to sort of battle them and uh, get these pieces so that you can put the piece together, create a Poke Radar, and they've added some special research to go with it to where you can fight Giovanni, which is the leader of Team Rocket. Mm. And so they've given you a way to sort of battle the leaders, battle Giovanni, and catch all these legendary shadow Pokemon now that are out there. So it's kind of giving you like this extra bit of AR to deal with now instead of just the the walking around catching Pokemon and just releasing new Pokemon. You now have enemies and things you have to battle and sort of complete tasks for. So that's that's really great. I do feel like Pokemon Go is going in the right direction um, lately, and I've been really excited about it because for me, I've always wanted like an immersive VR game Mm -hmm. or an, an immersive AR game. And Pokemon's like the closest thing I have to that. Yeah. To be able to go out in the real world and play video games and um the addition of Team Rocket has really felt like a, a step in the right direction, giving me more things I can do in the real world to continue playing this game that I'm enjoying. Cool. It's It's been really nice. I'm excited to complete it and excited to see where they go. They've been doing really good. Pokemon Go is making a ton of money right now because they're like one of the most popular apps again. I think they said money-wise, like one of these past months was the most money they made since their first month of the game, which was years ago. Yeah. And they're like, they're hitting their stride right now. So it's a time to pick the game up and play because a lot of people are playing again. Wow. Oh, my egg's hatching. (laughs) Oh, sorry. (laughs) I was like, I wonder (laughs) he's literally opening it up right now. Hatching. Oh, I got a little kid. I don't think I had him before. Oh, yeah. 
there you go. <laughs> Sorry, I wanted to show you like how close I am to because there's like three Pokestop within walking distance of me. Oh wow! Oh, one, I'm two, jealous. and then you see one in the background. You've got better spawns than me. Oh, my house is actually um, fun fact. When we were putting a bit on the house. I was sitting there. I'd never caught a Bulbasaur. And I was sitting there just waiting for the real estate agent. And a Bulbasaur spawned. And I was like, this is it, guys. This is it. <laughs> We've been this blessed by a Bulbasaur. This, this is the house. This is the house. We have to get this house. <laughs> oh, this boy. This is the Bulbasaur house. This is the Bulbasaur house. And now all I get a Bulbasaur. It's ridiculous. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just the only thing that ever it's spawns all, there. spawns here. I got so many Bulbasaur. You want a Bulbasaur? I got a Bulbasaur. <laughs> Come on down. The Bulbasaur's are us. We got our Bulbasaur for everybody. We got we got Bulbasaur's for tall people. We got Bulbasaur's for the short people. We got You want a shiny Bulbasaur? We got plenty of them. It's fine. It's all right. You try to sell your house and the, the, they're like, they pull up their app. They're like, oh, we can't buy this, honey. This, this house is Bulbasaur's only. Oh, boy. Moving on. Uh, so I'm dealing with another viral tweet situation. I had talked about one on the show before. Uh, this one's promising to be much more interesting. My last one was on my freak out side of things because of how much it exploded for so little benefit. But I've been experiencing the other side of that now with a recent one. So what happened was I tweeted out a photo from like four years ago and just being like, hey, on because Instagram reminded me that this was four years ago to that day. And I was like, this is the day I met. Kevin Conroy, the one true Batman, blah, blah, blah. And he told me he was going to kill me because I sounded too much like him. And he was amused by that and apparently and retweeted it and said, I might still have to kill you. And that exploded. And for like a little over 24 hours, I was getting retweets like crazy and comments and stuff like that. And I took advantage of it because that's what we all do. I didn't mm-hmm. say, hey, I don't have a SoundCloud, but because I hate memes. But I did post underneath in some of the replies, like a video from that same con where I dressed up as Batman. And that was a video that I put up on YouTube a while ago, even though I did like a re-edit of it within the last few months. And it got like 14,000 views on YouTube because I had emailed it out to news outlets and stuff and someone posted it because who doesn't want free content? Sure. And the video is of me going to the panel for Kevin Conroy and Wilfred L and asking them to read a scene from Empire Strikes Back in the roles of Vader and Luke, but as Bruce Wayne and Terry McGinnis. So they're obviously their roles from the Batman universe and put that there. And then like a link to an interview I did with them and then a link to the podcast network at the very bottom. So I had like that thread going on and I love threads on Twitter, by the way, that's such, I don't even remember when they put that in, But that's been such a useful tool just for a lot of different reasons. But it just really happened to benefit me in this particular one. So the next day, Kevin Conroy retweeted the video. And that has blown up even more than the original one. So right now, it currently stands at like over 35,000 views on the video itself. Uh, It's over like 300 retweets. I've gotten like a hundred new Twitter followers in the last 48 hours. Jeez. Whereas that other one that exploded to the point of like half a million people seeing it. Yeah. And I got four followers from that. This one is nowhere near that number, but this is my target audience. Like I'm being put right in front of my audience of other Batman fans and geeks to the point where like people were going through all the thread. 
I even had someone reply to the podcast network one at the bottom and was like, hey, I know these threads when this happens that the bottom things on the thread always get lost. But I saw this and I listened to your shows and I like it and you have a new listener. That's awesome. Wow. So like the network in general got a bump, like all the shows got a little few more downloads this week. Like it's benefited across the board. Hey, I'm OK I'm, with that. And I'm, I'm happy about it. Because that's that's exactly what I want. I mean, but I, I had a conversation. It made me think of this because I had a conversation with a friend the other day that people talk about the luck versus success or the luck as being a part of success and everything. Am I lucky that he retweeted it? hundred percent. I'll admit mm-hmm. that completely lucky. There's no reason that he would have picked that out out of anything. But when that happened, I was ready. I had this video I had already made. I had these interviews I had already done. I had a podcast network I could already promote. So I had it's it's not just luck. It's seeing the opportunity and the luck and then building or using that for getting the exposure to the things that you actually want to have like that crowd seeing. So, yes, there was an element of luck. Absolutely. But a lot of those new listeners and everything that's coming in, that's just the work behind the luck that's kind of like resulting in a little bit of a bump and everything. So it's been exciting uh, and yeah. it's still going. If I were to turn on my Twitter client right now, we'd still hear beeps at least once every five minutes on one of those. Cause it's, it's four different tweets now getting Jeez. attention cause it's the thread. So that would just stress me out, man. What's it like <laughs> to be so popular? Look, I know when you're at the top like this, <laughs> <laughs> don't forget us, Rob. <laughs> No, I mean, I'm I'm thrilled more so not just because it's like getting followers and crap. I'm thrilled that not only does he like it, like it's more about the fact that he thought it was significant enough to retweet, but that other people are enjoying the content that I'm making. And I like that. That's that feels good. Hey, shout out to the new viewers and also yeah. specifically that one viewer. Hi, I know. Right. Hey, hey guy or lady. Viewer. Wow, viewer. I said viewer. It's okay. Uh, I was I actually waved if it makes it any better. Like, I went, hey, guys. As if people are watching us. Yeah. <laughs> That's the streamer mindset right there. It really is. Uh, the next one is Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. Mm-hmm. Has anyone else seen it yet? Mm-hmm. No, I want to. Not at all. So feel free to spoil the ending for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to spoil anything. Uh, they just rolled through Boston, I believe. So I think yeah. now it's available in more theaters to go see. Because that was kind of the it, it was a little bit of a weird release setup where like there were the Fathom events that were set up and going on. And then they had the Jay and Silent Bob reboot roadshow where they were actually going to all the theaters and showing it. And then I didn't even realize that after that they were going to have it opening up in local theaters. So I went to the Fathom event being like, this is the only week I can see this. Yeah. So I went and saw the movie and I enjoyed it quite a bit. I did rewatch Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back before I went just to kind of refresh my brain. It had been a few years mm. since I'd originally seen it. And I had to like get my expectations in a certain place because that's a different brand of comedy, I feel, than we get a lot now. Oh, 100%. And I had yeah. to put my mindset back into that brand of comedy to kind of appreciate this one. Because mm. if you're not a Kevin Smith fan, then Reboot is probably not a movie for you. Yeah. You might still find funny things in it, but there's a lot of references to the Ask universe. And one of the things that I appreciated so much about it is not only the way it poked fun at reboots, but also we get to find out what happened to a lot of the characters from other Ask universe movies. 
Now I gotta see it. And there's some good stuff in there. There's some like touching stuff in there. And yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I rolled a tear at the end of the movie oh, based man. on just certain things. I want to see it. So, so bad. it's it's some people have called it like the end game of Kevin Smith movies, and I wouldn't necessarily say that. But I think the comparison comes more from this might be even though we know Clerks Three is coming. If they were to end things with this movie, it would feel okay. With that mindset, it could still be the end game of yeah. Kevin Smith stuff because yeah. there's always Spider Man Home. Uh, oh, yeah, Far there's from another home. phase coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Spider Man Far From Home was the end of that phase. End True. game wasn't the end. So, you know, True. Clerks 3 could be the end. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. But it was, it was well worth seeing. I enjoyed it quite a bit, more than I thought I would, honestly. Yeah. So, yeah, really good. Uh, my last geek out is a podcast that I just started listening to. It is called In Love with Michael Rosenbaum and Chris Sullivan. There is a, a dot, dot, dot. So it's In Love, dot, 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 with Michael Rosenbaum and Chris Sullivan. They are the co-hosts of it. I had recently started listening to Inside of You, uh, the other podcast that Rosenbaum does. So I kind of mm. hopped onto this one, too. I'd gotten to a point where I was, when I was listening to podcasts, I got kind of oversaturated and sick of just interviews that were very open form and didn't have a direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing I like about the in love podcast is that it's all about that it's about love of different forms so like almost every episode they're interviewing a pair of people not just one and asking them about the things that makes their relationship work and the things they've learned over time and i find all that very fascinating as someone who struggles quite a bit in relationships myself but they don't just explore romantic love. They go into other kinds as well. So like they interviewed um, Seth Green and Claire Grant, which was really interesting. Chris Hardwick and Lydia Hurst. So again, they're, they're keeping like the geeky pairings going on. Mm-hmm. Rosenbaum invited his ex-girlfriend, Andrea Bogart on, who he had a very heavy relationship with. And to this day is like, crap, I messed that up. She's mm-hmm. now married with a kid. And they had a fascinating conversation about that because they're still like really, really close friends. But also, like I said, they'd go into other things, too. So they had like the Sklar brothers on and that's like familial love. So that's Mm. a different brand. So like, how do you work together with your brother over all this time and keep your relationship fine when you're family and working together all the time? So stuff like that. I just find that deep dive into relationships really fascinating. So if people are interested in that, that's a really good podcast that I would recommend. I am following right now. This is a very Greg uses his phone intensive episode. It is, isn't it? (laughs) I'm like, I'm going to show my Pokemon off. I'm going to get a new podcast going on. I love it. I'm I'm here for it. (laughs) If it makes you feel better, your Pokemon looked real good. I was a big fan. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If you'd like to help support the Geek Generation, our podcast network, and everything else we do, the best way to do that is to become a backer on Patreon. There are all sorts of perks for doing so, like merch discounts, early releases, and monthly bonus podcast episodes. Become a backer and join the generation by going to thegeekgeneration.com slash support. Hi, this is John Schneider, you know, the, uh, the Bo Duke guy, or the Smallville guy, Jonathan Kent, and you're listening to The Geek Generation. That's not my generation, that's your generation. All right, let's move now into our freakouts. Oh, freakout! Greg. So speaking of Michael Rosenbaum, 
I have, this is like the big thing. I was talking about crisis earlier. This is the big thing about the DCCW Arrowverse crisis that I'm bummed about. Mm -hmm. Michael Rosenbaum is confirmed to not be reprising his role as Lex Luthor. Mm -hmm. For those of you familiar with his filmography, he played Lex Luthor for, I think, five years on Smallville. I believe seven out of the ten. Was it that many? I Mm -hmm. thought it was way less. I've heard him say it recently in interviews on his podcast. That's the only reason I know. Fair. All I remember is it went downhill after he left. But he's confirmed to not be reprising his role. And it sounds like it's just a uh, misstep on planning. What it sounds like is Crisis is getting larger than they originally anticipated. Mm-hmm. So they were like, oh, crap, let's just try to get everyone in here. And they even went as far as is gave, given um, half-baked proposals, let's say, for lack mm-hmm. of a better term. So they were just like, yeah, come on in. We're not going to tell you how much we're going to give you. We're not going to tell you what the role is. We're not going to tell you how many days. All we need is a yes or no now. And he was like, cool. No, I'm good. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Which is a bummer for me because that is my favorite and, in my opinion, the best live action portrayal of the character mm-hmm. we have ever seen, period. And it's just a bummer. He's not going to be reprising it. Yeah, I saw his explanation that he tweeted out and yeah. it, it's a bummer, but I get it. I get it to 100%. Like from what you said, it sounds like they approached him with just like, we can't even guarantee you we're going to give you any money. People are just yeah. coming back because they want to be back in the family again. And that's great. But yeah. for a working actor, no, you can't it's do that. also an insult if you're not yeah. giving them some sort of compensation for their time. Yeah, I used to get I used to do a lot of like freelance, like graphic design and artwork and, and um, 3D game assets and stuff like that. And I used to get offers all the time be like, hey. We can't pay you, but man, is your portfolio going to look great? And I was like, no, my portfolio looks pretty good without that. The old paid and exposure thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, no, thanks. So I get it. I can't be angry at him. It's just, I'm just really, yeah, it's just a bummer situation. Yeah. It's not really a freak out, but more of a bummer. Eh, That's a freak out. My next freak out though. Oh man. Am I disappointed in it chapter two? Let me tell you, I went in, it's one of those classic mistakes where I went in I loved the first or the it chapter one, I guess you would call it. I love the original miniseries it. And I went into it chapter two being like, this is going to be great. They got an all-star cast. Everything is pretty much lined up. They can't mess this up. In my opinion, they certainly did. And a lot of it kind of lies with, they didn't know what they were doing. And I think a lot of it lies with the fact that Chapter one was so good because it captures on nostalgia of childhood, Mm. whereas chapter two is they're mostly adults throughout the whole movie. So it's kind of this weird dynamic. The chemistry wasn't quite there, in my opinion. And Bill Hader, while I love him, I think was a little too SNL-y in certain parts. Mm. There's there's a scene where like he gets hypnotized, kind of, and he makes this face that I've only ever seen him made on SNL. And I was like, come on, man, like you're you're better than that, pal. And it's a shame because he really is like I've watched uh, a lot of Barry and he's phenomenal in that. And that's kind of goofy, but also kind of serious. But yeah, I was just I was so disappointed. I almost left. I don't almost leave movies. I went to my local my local theater, five dollar Tuesdays. And I was like this. I don't even know if I want to sit through the rest of this. And I sat through the rest of like Aquaman and Justice League and things like that. And I sat. I did end up staying, but. It was tough. I was bored. You should not be bored in a horror movie, period. I'm bored in every horror movie, which is why I don't watch any of them. Are you bored? Or are you I really scared? am. No, I'm bored. Really? Because I know it's coming all the time. He's got ice in his veins. That's fair. I mean, he's Batman. Nothing scares him. Bat- sure. Yeah. Except bats. Get me if you just outed him. <laughs> he's been <laughs> outed before. This is, this is the spoiler episode. <laughs> Did you not know? 
Did you not know this? That's what I'm here for. Yeah, it chapter two, super bummer. I own it chapter one on physical and digital. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna own chapter two. I'll just Oh really? I figured you'd run right out and <laughs> if it's like maybe Black Friday three dollar, it's not great. It still looks really cool. It's very atmospheric. I'll give it that. But the parts that are supposed to be really creepy just aren't. Mm. It's just, they're humorous. I was bummed. That's right. my freakouts. SK? Yep. I'm going to join on the bum train mm. with my freakout. I'm <laughs> the really bum bummed. Train. The bum <laughs> Okay. Could I call it something else? <laughs> Look, if you want to call it the bum train, that's on you. Listen, all <laughs> aboard my bum train. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I'm just, I'm just really bummed. So one of my favorite television shows is being canceled after its sixth season, Bojack Horseman. Uh, if you're familiar, it's, uh, it's entering its sixth and final season now, and it will not be continued over there on Netflix. And it's joining the ranks of some of my other favorite shows, which are be going away, like uh, The Office, which is getting pulled. We've talked about that in a previous mm-hmm. cast. And I'm just really disappointed because I think that it's one of the main reasons shows like that and shows like The Office are in my main category of shows that I still have a Netflix subscription for. And to see it go away makes me worried because... I always said when the streaming wars came, I knew whose side I was on. I was going to stick with Netflix and I was going to stay with them. But they've they've been giving me less reason to stick around lately, and haven't the shows that are going away aren't being replenished with shows that will keep me or haven't been hooking me the same way. So Bojack was a great show. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, but it's uh, animated comedy and it's uh, deals with some some heavier topics in a comical way. And that's kind of why I relate to it. There's a lot of like issues with like depression and uh, anxiety and drug use and things like that. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a funny show because when I first started watching it, it took me like a whole season before I realized I liked it. I actually watched it the first Mm -hmm. time and saw like um, the first two episodes and I was like, I don't get it. But then after someone came back to me and said, this is the best show ever. I said, how? Okay, well I'll try it. And I watched all the way and about like the eighth episode, I was like completely hooked Mm -hmm. and then I got it. Which is an interesting point because the creator, uh, Raphael Bob Waksberg, I think his name, said something about uh, the fact that Netflix seems to be going away from the model of letting shows find their ground like BoJack Horseman did and sort of rush things through. And I'm kind of curious if if that's a direction they're going because of the streaming wars. They're they're not feeling like they have enough time to let shows breathe like they used to because you've got Disney on the horizon. You've got NBC and you've got everybody snatching up the shows now. Um, and another powerhouse Hulu, maybe they feel the pressure of if a show's not sticking, you got to get it out. You can't waste money on it or time on it. And so maybe that's a change coming to Netflix. Maybe they're not going to be able to uh, let shows breathe anymore. Maybe. So, it could, because another one of his shows, Tuca and Birdie, that he just created, only made it one season. Hmm. It was canceled hmm. right away, which is surprising because it took BoJack one season to actually be you know, find its ground to make it six seasons, which is an okay amount of time for a series, yeah. right? That's not a, that's nothing to shake your head at. It's yeah. a, it's a pretty amount of time. Yeah. They didn't give his new show any time. It just gone. Wow. So it's unfortunate and I feel bad about it. Did they know going in that this would be the final season or did they get it during? From what I read, it was a little rushed, okay. which was another complaint he had, which it didn't allow them to wrap it up the way they wanted to. It mm. sort of was like, well, this is going to be it. We're going to renew it, but it's done here. So you kind of yeah. have to wrap it up quickly. That's a bummer. It is unfortunate. And it's a show. It's I love the show. I mean, I, I'll, it'll be a show that I'll repeatedly watch. Hopefully they'll keep it on the, which I'm sure they will. They own it. It's their, yeah. you know, they have the rights to mm-hmm. it. So, but it just sucks. I'm glad to hear someone else say that though, about 
Netflix where it's like, I don't know, man. Because like I was on the same boat as USK where I was just like, you know what? Netflix forever. All the Hulu, all the rest of the stuff can go away. Netflix, I'm going to have. And then all of a sudden Netflix was like, oh, we don't have any Marvel stuff anymore. And I was like, ooh, okay. Well, you know, that's fine. You still got like The Office. You still got Parks and Rec. You still got all the stuff. Go, oh, no, we don't have that either. And it's like, what do you, what do you, what do you have? What do you got for me, pal? Yeah, you want to be loyal because they were your first, yeah. right? Like they're, they're like everybody's first and you want to be loyal, but you're like, Damn. you got to give me something. I can't keep paying <laughs> you know, for stuff I don't like. I can't keep paying 15 bucks a month for stuff that I'm not really using right now. Like Exactly. They're going to become a service like HBO for me, which is I subscribe when I need to, which yeah. I'm going to because of Watchmen and um, the other one, which is the... Uh, his Dark Materials mm. series. I'm going to be watching those two. Yeah. But I'm going to drop it right after I'm done. You know, I'm going to binge both of those and then I'm going to be done. Yeah. I feel like that's my new model too, is really getting services just aside from Prime Video, which I don't pay for that service right. for that service. Right. Aside from that, I think it's really hopping in to watch what I want to and then bowing out for another one for a little bit. See, I go the mm. exact opposite. I just pay for the whole goddamn year up front and I'm like, all right. No more money out of my bank account. <laughs> Just take it all now. Just take it all, man. Who cares? Well, I wonder if, like the Amazon Prime Video, I wonder if people start to lean to that model. I mean, this is just speculation, but what if they start bundling with things? You know, Spotify is doing it with Hulu. Yeah. I think if you have Spotify Premium, you get the first tier of Hulu added on. You may or have if Netflix to. will piggyback onto somebody yeah. and say, hey, you get us with so-and-so subscription. Disney's doing that, right? They're bundling with their other services. Yeah, so it'll be Disney Plus, Hulu. And then ESPN will yeah. all be a bundle. So you can pay for one bundle for all of that? You pay for the cost of two of them individually, but you get all three instead of just two. Oh, I see. So they're offering a, it's not, you're, you're getting the bundle by paying for two, you're getting three kind of type yes. thing. Yeah. So it's almost okay. like, yeah, getting three because you're, yeah. Have they set a price point for that yet? Or is that just talked about? The bundle is, let's see, Hulu is six. I think they're all six individually. So it's only like 12 for the bundle. But is that ad? Because I will not it's do ad Hulu. It's, it's, it's the oh, peasant Hulu, yes. It is peasant Hulu. Yeah, it's peasant Hulu. Oh, no, I'm above that. No, 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 no. <laughs> shoo, shoo, I have my pinky advertisements. out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> advertisements. Although peasant Hulu is like three bucks. It's very cheap. And like yeah. I said, you get you get peasant Hulu for <laughs> calling it peasant Hulu. Why are we calling it that? Because we're the worst. <laughs> we're alienating so many people right now. Oh, geez. No, but you get that with uh, Spotify Premium if you have it. You get you get the uh, low tier of, oh, cool. of Hulu right now. So that's another thing. But I I should take advantage of that, but I can't stand those advertisements, mm. as you said. Mm-hmm. You know, I, so I pay for both. Uh, so my freak out is also DCCW related, which yes. is odd. It's a lot of that this episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Supergirl, have you seen any of the current season? Yes, it's all terrible. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, no, no, no. I, I should say I, I'll I'll retract that. That was, that was a broad statement. It's like eighty five percent of it is is I not for me. Yeah, it's um, it's it's not horrible, but they're doing a trope that I hate with Lena and Kara. The whole. So, I, I, oh God, I have to go into Greg territory for this. Yes, come to the <laughs> land of spoilers. So, this is for the end of last season. Yeah, not even the beginning of this one. Lena finally finds out that Kara and Supergirl are the same person, which is a thing that obviously every like Superman type show does at some point. And of course, Lena's like mad about it, and oh, she betrayed me and broke my trust because we were best friends and. 
which they never really built up their friendship enough to have that kind of a yeah. thing anyway. So they, I thought they were going to fix it in the first episode when they kind of like did. I was like, yay, we're not doing that stupid trope again where somebody is like upset about having been lied to. And then it turned out that that was a ploy and she's really still mad, but now trying to pretend to be her friend. And I'm like, God, like this is awful. It feels like I think one of the biggest problems with the DCCW in general is that way too much of the drama from the show is a result of one person withholding information from someone else yeah. that they know they should tell them, but they're like, I'm not ready yet. Yeah. Or I'm doing it to protect them because of those two things, insane amounts of drama result. And I'm kind of sick of it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the flash has um, actually avoided that this season, which I'm very happy with. They did have one. They will like, tease you that they were going, this is going to be like a whole thing. And yeah, they did wasn't. do one thing for a couple episodes and then yeah. they quickly shut it down before it became a season long arc of annoyance. Yeah. Yeah. Supergirl for me is rife with just disappointment and just stealing. And, and you put it very like bluntly and very finely where it's, it's just stealing Superman stories mm-hmm. and giving it to her. And I was like, I thought of that when I think it was the end of last season, they literally had the Red Sun story arc. Mm-hmm. adapted for tv and they didn't even try to hide it they're like oh yeah this is the red daughter and i was like come on yeah give me like at least call her something else and they did bizarro yeah they did that it's it's an arrow was guilty of it too it's like these characters have been around for years they must have their own stories instead of borrowing the most popular ones from related characters. Like we yeah. don't need to see Ra's al Ghul on Arrow. Nope. They have their own stories and characters. Yep. Introduce us to their worlds instead of giving us the stories we've seen over and over again that actually belong to other characters. Mm. And now that we're getting a Superman show on the CW, mm-hmm. you already did it all. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, maybe they'll just steal Supergirl story arcs and give maybe. it a name. Although I, they are taking a different approach with that because that's like a family show, I think, in the sense that yeah. it's about the child that he's having with Lois and them raising this kid, which I'm is okay not necessarily the Superman show I want, but it's the one we're getting. Yeah, SK looks confused as he should be. It's kind of it's kind of <laughs> more what they're doing in comics more recently with the Super Sons and everything like that. So you have Jonathan Kent mm-hmm. or John Kent, who's Superman's son. And Damian Wayne, who's Batman's son. And they're just like being super pals. And they're like probably, I think, what, 10, 11 years old, something like that. Just being kids and having powers and and being buddies. So I can see them going with that. I just like every time I watch Supergirl, I'm just like, why? Why am I? Why do I still watch it? I go, oh, yeah, because Crisis is coming up and I need to watch this. And it starts with Supergirl. We're locked in. (laughs) I'm locked in. My last one is Overwatch related because we're keeping everything full circle here. Uh, and that is just Overwatch's loot boxes, which I'm hoping are gone sooner rather than later. And like you were saying, SK, I think one of the reasons that they're doing a two is because loot boxes are becoming more problematic and more and more things are like clamping down on loot boxes in general as being a thing that you can actually spend money on. And now I know why people get so annoyed by it. So every event that they've done, at some point, often with the first box, I get one of the gold skins for that event over the entire course of the Halloween event. And I completed all of the challenges. So I did all the arcade games, get all those boxes and then all the levels that come along with it. And then just my regular daily playing of like two or three matches. I got gold skins. None of them were from the event. Not one Oof. the whole time. And I had everything else in the event unlocked like within the first week. 
So for the remaining like two or three weeks of the event, not a one. And that is super frustrating. Ooh, grumpy consumer. I am. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I got, I got, can I say, I got all of them. So I, in I, drops. Yes. But let me explain why okay. I think I play this game more than you. Because I, over the years, have unlocked almost everything. I have maxed out on so many things, right? And a while ago, Overwatch um, came out with that logic in the game they thought was more fair, which is that you inside a tier of rareness, you would not get duplicates inside that tier, right? If you had finished with the gray, which is like the basic, you would get duplicates, like you would keep getting duplicates mm-hmm. there. But anytime you hit the the RNG for a blue or a purple or a gold, if you didn't have one in that category, you weren't going to get a duplicate. Um, that It didn't always used to be like that. They used to be back in the day, like you could get a skin in the event, you could purchase it with the coins that you had, and then open the next box and it was that skin mm. and you'd go, I go, yeah. just open. But they don't, they don't do that anymore, which is nice. But I have almost all of them unlocked after spending way too much time playing this game. So when the events come, when I hit my golds, they're always the new event golds. Mm. So I actually ended up getting every skin that I wanted because I didn't have your problem because of all the ones I previously unlocked. But I do see where if you don't play that much, you don't have the time to play that much, or you're just unlucky, you would go into an event and not be able to get the things that you want. And they don't allow you a way to purchase the things you want. Yeah, I did I did end up purchasing a few of them with the gold that I had earned. But okay, yeah, yeah. So I had done that, but I'd say on most of my heroes, I maybe have like six or seven things remaining per hero, and most of those are event specific. Mm. So there are very few things that I do have left to unlock. So I was very surprised that they would even give me. I think I only got one gold skin period the whole time. Oh wow, yeah, bad RNG. And then every time I got gold from that after that, it was more gold. Like I, I would just get more gold to spend. Yeah, I. It's tough. I know somewhere they crunch the numbers on these things and figure out what's going to make you spend the most money. All people do it. And to be fair to Overwatch, I think they have one of the more fair systems of loot boxes mm-hmm. out there. I think, if you know, you can vilify loot boxes. But if you look at Overwatch, they shouldn't be the one you yell at the most. I can see why you as a player of it would be upset. But like to me, they're on the better end of the spectrum because some people's loot boxes True. are just garbage. I mean, they're just yeah. predatory and they're the worst. I mean, they're just bad. But I, I think Overwatch does it okay. But uh, yeah, as far as monetization, how are you going to, you know, you got to figure out how to do it otherwise. And it's, it sucks that that's where we are. But. I'm wondering how aware their algorithm is that I have a $20 gift card sitting in the system right now. <laughs> the most. <laughs> that it's just sitting oh, there. Know. Yeah. Jeff is personally looking at <laughs> yeah. your gift card on his computer no going, when is he going to drop that? <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, the killer part about the gift cards is I got a $20 gift card from somebody and I dropped that in there. But if you want to get $20 worth of loot boxes, you have to buy like another $2 worth of credit because the mm. added on tax makes it uh, too much to buy just the $20 tier with a $20 gift card. And it's like, ooh, ooh. they get you. That's how they get you. They get you. Yep. Every time. Either that or I buy the next tier down and I just have some stuff sitting there that I can't use. Yeah, I think, you know what you should do? You just need to play tank more. <laughs> they, now, hey, they give out free coins now. I get coins every day when I play. I, I do it occasionally, actually, too. I play Sigma just because uh, just get those free loot boxes. I also don't like that the loot boxes that you get as a reward are not event specific loot boxes. That yeah. that did bother me. I hope they change. Yeah, that. I that was one complaint I had was I saw that. I'm like, wait, why don't I get 
Because it's it's not like you're constantly getting loot boxes. You're only getting one loot box, and then you get coins after that. They don't let you keep spamming. Them. Yeah, you can only get one per day, one loot box. So it's like why why not just give you one event loot mm-hmm. box? It's great. It's a great way to make people play another. My only thought is maybe they think you know because they try to be really careful mm-hmm. with the community. And my thought is maybe they think people who don't normally play but only play for the event are coming real fast to play might come in and throw as a tank because they just want the game as a tank. And you get it regardless of win or loss. Exactly. So maybe they think people are going to come in, just pick Reinhardt and charge off the map and not care about the game mm. just to get the Halloween. That's my only, the only way I could justify it. No, that's a valid concern. They, they're very, I, I give a lot of credit to their dev team. They're very considerate of the player base and try, they try. They do. You know, yeah. some people don't listen. They try to be good. They try to see, do what's fair. They do their best. Mm. Couple quick reviews before we wrap things up today. Greg, you have a video game that you were playing recently. Yeah, so um, I got to play uh, the Blair Witch game, and I super loved it. It was a game that I wasn't planning on getting, but I did the Xbox uh, Game Pass for PC, and it was just on there, and I already paid them, so I was like, why not go for it? And mm. it's amazing. I don't get spooked. I don't scare very easily, but like the last level of this game, I was just popcorn is the best way to describe me. I was like jumping every other corridor. It was unexpected. While I saw the ending coming fairly early in the game, that last level was just spectacular and it was very full circle. And I might play it again at some point. I don't oh, wow. usually do that with horror games because usually it's like, oh, cool. One and done unless it has new game plus like Dead Space. And then I can just get revenge and everything that like potentially spooked me. <laughs> right. But with this, it was just like, it was very well very well made very graphically beautiful it was one of those games where you can't really defend yourself too much but that didn't bother me as much as it does with like outlast or other games like that mm-hmm. uh and you get a dog so i was gonna say how did you yeah. not lead with the dog part of the yeah game? well you know bury the lead a little bit you know? yeah, all right, all right. um <laughs> yeah like most of my branding now is just through my dogs essentially and when i saw i was like oh you get a dog that actually made me almost not play the game mm-hmm. for fear that the dog might uh, die. oh okay so um yeah, I, I can say that it was just a blast from beginning to end. And I was one of those games I didn't want to stop when I did. And I actually I ended up stopping. I only had like an hour and a half left, which was stupid of me to stop at that point. Mm. But it's just fun. It's quick. It's not too bad. It's like six hours max. That's not bad. Uh, if, if you like horror games and you like a good scare, definitely check that out. I've seen a couple of people play it and it looks more interesting than most horror games have looked to me. It's still not something I'd really play. Yeah. But it yeah. looked a lot more tolerable like less gory more thriller oh yeah just pure jump scare so yeah it seemed more interesting yeah the only gore that you see is like a a dead deer and a couple like just like spread out throughout the way it is very up to the imagination Mm. there's points in the game where they tell you you cannot look up where you're going you have to look down at the ground because if you look up you will attract the enemies and they will kill you oh wow you're you're just sitting there like hearing everything because the sound design is really good too and i'm like i know he is right here he's breathing his asthma is in my face i can hear it that's but I crazy can't look at him it's it's really good it's really well done hmm. yeah. cool uh so i watched a movie mm. wonder woman bloodlines which is the latest dc animated movie that i'm wondering if it'll show up on adapt this or not maybe maybe not if it does i would rather not be a part of that episode <laughs> I'm just saying that now. Hey, Rob, what, what are you doing in a, nope. a month? <laughs> I, uh, it's not, it's not great. So mm-hmm. it's exciting that they were doing another Wonder Woman animated movie. The last one we got was 
just called Wonder Woman that was in 2009. And that was a really, really well done animated Wonder Woman movie. Yep. This one rehashes a little bit. Okay. Completely different villains. I don't know. Did you watch this, Greg, at all? Or I didn't watch it. I, I'm. It's going to be a while before okay. I watch it based on the reviews that I've heard. Yeah. So it's it's borrowing a lot of the not a lot of the voice cast. Uh, Rosario Dawson is back as Wonder Woman. Yay. And she's she's been good. I, I just prefer Carrie. Uh, well, Russell. I mean, yeah, but <laughs> 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 we're very stuck in our like Justice League ways. That's yeah, all. That's right. That's right. Uh, but if they're going to recast, she's a perfectly good person. She's great in everything, really. Yeah. So why not? The villain, like the main villain is like Silver Swan. Like they went out there. Really? Yeah. Uh, okay. Dr. Poison's in it. I think just to borrow from the live action movie. Yeah, that makes sense. And like Medusa is a villain. So like it's kind of all over the place. The fact that they have three different villains is already a little weird. Yeah. They do rehash a bit of the Steve Trevor story. He's in it. He's fine. I guess the biggest problem with it is it's just kind of boring. That's unfortunate. Like some of the action scenes are good, but none of them meant really much to me. Yeah. I can't even right now tell you that much that happened in the movie because it's all so forgettable. Yikes. That it just just go back and watch the 2009 Wonder Woman animated movie. It's so, so it much has Nathan better. Fillion in it as well. Yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's just so much better stuff in the in the original one and yeah. this one just did not hit the mark on almost any way in in like the scope of recent dc animated movies because there have been some good ones and some not so good ones right this is on the not so good side i think i liked hush better than this even yikes yeah like that's this is great this is very very forgettable that's the how's the animation at least it's the norm for like oh. the Justice League continuity movies. It's not not a good look. No. Not a good look. So that's pretty much it. This yeah. week, uh final thoughts or something you would like to plug, Greg. I got two podcasts and a Twitch channel to plug. So the first one we were talking about a little earlier is Adapt This a DC Animated Universe podcast. I'm getting really good at that. That's amazing. It's the repetition. It's the repetition. It absolutely is. We go over uh, the DC comic book and the animated movie that was adapted straight from it. We have a new format, which I'm very excited about right now. We were fine tuning the details as, as even as we speak in my brain, the multitasking. The second podcast is called the Bad Cody Funky Podcast. It's an ensemble podcast I've been a part of for five years now, uh, where we pretty much weekly go over the latest and greatest nerd news, geek events, stuff like that. Very similar to this show. It's a great time. And twitch.tv forward slash Booster Greg. We've been going through on Mondays. We draw for our first half an hour, and then we jump into a nice indie game. So been having a great time doing that. Cool. Ask Kay. Yeah, I'm not as well-rounded as Mr. Greg over there, but uh, you can, uh, if you're so interested, find me over on Twitch as well at uh, twitch.tv slash silence underscore night. That's night with a K. And uh, yeah, that's about all I do. And well, and get paid to come on this podcast. Right, of course, right. He still gets paid? (laughs) I shouldn't say that. The Geek Generation is part of the Geek Generation Network. If you like this show, be sure to check out our other podcasts at thegeekgeneration.com. If you use iTunes, please rate the show and write a review. We may even read your review on an upcoming episode. Watch our live events at twitch.tv slash thegeekgeneration. You can support this show and get access to exclusive bonus content by visiting our Patreon campaign at thegeekgeneration.com slash support. Continue the conversation with us on our Discord server at thegeekgeneration.com slash discord. 
Send emails to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com. And as always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy. A link to their site can also be found on our site. We'll be back soon with more geeky stuff for you, and we will see you then. Later. Make it so.